is Mind Magic, the podcast all about mood, mindset, and magnetizing the life you want. I'm your host, Hannah Kokovai. With nearly 10 years as a transformational coach under my belt and hundreds of women's lives changed, I've got you covered with science-based spells to help you create more abundance, love, confidence, healing, and more. And yes, I'm going to drop some F-bombs and call them incantations. Fucking get ready to make anxiety, insecurity, and overwhelm go poof. I'm here to show you how to do magic with your mind. I used to begin all of my coaching calls with this question. Tell me what's new and good. I don't know if you know this, but I have training and certifications from a few different schools, not just the Life Coach School, and one of them is very near and dear to my heart, the Health Coach Institute, which was founded by two of the most epic coaches I've ever worked with, Carrie Peters and Stacey Morgenstern, and They teach this question, or they taught this question to me, what's new and good? Like, they always used it as a way to open up um, coaching conversations. And I I think that my style of coaching is definitely, um, I don't know, become a little more down and dirty these days. (laughs) But I will pull that question out of my back pocket every now and again. And I like this question when I feel like somebody might be stuck in a negative thought loop that isn't often disrupted. Like that's what happens for us when we get in a negative thought loop and we're not surrounded by people who are going to question that, right? They're just going to say, oh yeah, that sucks or "Ugh, I know and constantly um, agree or commiserate, right? We like need somebody to shake things up. And instead of just saying like, what's up or how's it going to which we usually respond like, good, fine. You know, the surface level responses, like we need somebody (laughs) maybe to say like, what's new and good. Like you have to actually answer that question, right? What's new and good. So what is new and good for you today. I'm curious. I want you to take a second and think on purpose, what's new and good in your life right now? Maybe you came here to this podcast because you just want to listen for entertainment and you're excited because this is going to be a new and good podcast for you. Maybe you come to this podcast to understand more about the brain And that kind of insight is fun for you. And you're like, yeah, that's new. That's good. (laughs) Maybe you just like that I say fuck a lot and give zero fucks about it. (laughs) But a lot of people come to me or listen in because they have a problem, right? So like maybe you're feeling like there's not really a lot in your life that's new and good. Maybe there's some new things but they're not good, (laughs) right? A lot of people come here 
because they have a problem. Seeking a life coach or a therapist or a podcast about thought work and personal development or mental health is usually because there's a problem. Okay? We all have problems. I have problems. I have a coach. And I go into all of my sessions every week and I have something to talk about every time because my brain's like, you got problems, right? My brain's like, nope, that's a problem. And that's a problem. And that's a problem. Even when things don't look outwardly like a problem to anyone else, my brain can find problems. My coach is always like, so do you know what you want to talk about today? Do you know, do you know what you want coaching on today? And I'm like, uh, yeah, girl, <laughs> definitely. I'm rarely like, oh, I don't know. Everything's just great. I don't have anything to talk about. Like rarely does that happen, right? Even if it's about something that is great, my brain can find something wrong with what's great too. Yeah? Okay. So we do this negativity bias thing that I've talked about before where the brain registers and reacts to perceived negative situations or interactions much more readily than it does to positive ones. And it also dwells on and gives more time and value to the negative than the positive, right? So that's why even asking yourself what's new and good today can help to like jostle your brain loose, jostle yourself out of that negativity bias right? The negativity bias is like, someone says, let's say someone says like, you did a great job today, right? Like maybe at work or something, you did a great job today. You might think about that for like a few seconds. (laughs) Your brain's like, oh, cool. He said I did a good job. That's great. I did a good job. And then it like moves on. But then if someone says to you, wow, you really aren't very good at that. You continue to think about it for like eternity, right? And then tell yourself that you're not good and that you really suck for a much, much, much longer period of time and maybe even adopt that thought as your own factual account of yourself like forever, right? And then we keep talking about it. We keep thinking about it. And then it's a problem because we get into a negative thought loop, okay? We hear questions like, how's it going? What's up? And we default to just find good because what our brain is really feeding us is all the negative. And then we just want to talk about all of our problems and defend why it's a problem. Okay? We say find good and then we launch into all of our problems. Who can relate to that? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Not if you're driving. Keep your hands on the wheel. (laughs) Okay? But this can become a problem for some of us when we're using a more conservative and traditional therapy model, in my opinion. And it's also can be a problem with only talking to friends and family about our issues. And we're going to talk about this today, the idea of venting, okay? I just need to vent. Who do we vent to? We vent to our therapist. We vent to our friends. We vent to our partners, right? Before we get into the meat of this podcast, I just want to preface by saying that I did a post about this on Instagram stories a few months ago now, and it it really stirred up a ton of conversation. And a lot of 
I got a lot of pushback about this, uh, about venting, about my my position on venting. And most people who were feeling put off had comments like, they were asking me like, are you just saying that we should just keep everything bottled up? Like, you know, isn't it important to talk to people and get things off of your chest? So I just want to address this here and now that I believe that Honestly and completely sharing your struggles and problems is necessary to living a full and evolved life. Okay? Did you hear that? I believe it's necessary to honestly and completely share your struggles and problems. But there is a huge difference between being honest and sharing fully about your struggles and repeating your, quote, problems over and over and over again and essentially honing the skill of strengthening the negativity bias, okay? So, like, why do we vent? To get things off our chest, right? That's what people say. I vent to get things off my chest. But what does that really mean? What I think it means is that we want someone else to feel the feelings that we're having so that they too can feel the misery and agree that it's miserable so that we can feel better. I'm not wrong. <laughs> Just think about it. You have a bad day at work. Let's pretend someone someone at work said something that you think was nasty. And so you go home and you tell your partner about it. You vent to your partner about it. This person said something nasty to me. Listen to how bad it was. Listen to how nasty it was. What does the person, what does your partner that you vented to do? They say, ugh, that's awful. I'm so sorry. Let's have a drink. <laughs> yeah? Okay. That's awful equals I agree with you. I'm sorry equals feeling this way is unavoidable. Let's have a drink equals Let's do something to create a false pleasure so we can stop talking about this slash I don't have any tools to help you. So let's do what I do when I'm upset, which is to try to use something outside of ourselves to forget about it until the next time it happens. And then I just vent about it all over again. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not saying that you should keep feelings and thoughts inside. No, that is, that is not what I'm saying. It is not healthy to not express your struggles, okay? I want you to express what you're feeling. And in fact, I subscribe to a list of 10 paradigms to feel better that was created by Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School. And the very first one of those 10 par paradigms to feel better is that we must, we must be willing to reveal our problems and struggles in an honest and complete way, okay? And I'm like 100% on board with that. If you are hurting... Pretending that you are not hurting is also false and unhelpful, right? Being secretive about your pain is not going to improve your situation. Trying to suppress it or ignore it, unhelpful. And just telling someone what is going on with us so that we can voice our struggles aloud is beautiful, okay? That's not what I consider venting. Revealing your struggles to someone that you trust in search of solutions, processing, peace, and better understanding of what is really going on is not venting. Venting is 
The repeated toxic storytelling with the intent of feeling validated and with no intent to solve. Right? And venting can be really harmful and it's a form of buffering, just like over drinking or obsessive working out or gambling or, you know, scrolling social media, like whatever you do to try to avoid or suppress feelings. Venting, as I'm thinking about it, gives us some temporary relief, but it actually makes things worse in the long run. If you think about what happens when you're venting, and once again, I'll say, I'm not talking about talking through something with a trusted friend or family member, like having a conversation to help sort through your feelings. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about true venting. When you're doing that, what happens is it increases your level of stress. It actually creates more tension. It's a way of offloading personal responsibility. So it creates disempowerment for you. It primes your brain to get upset and vent about situations in the future that feel similar, even if they're totally unrelated, right? Because your brain can like make these connections with like seemingly similar things. And it's like, oh, great, here I go. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to vent. And it doesn't change the situation at all with respect to how you are showing up, okay? So if you're like, I need venting so that I can change the situation, no, you don't. (laughs) That's not what changes the situation. Venting does not change it. Vicki Brock, who is a coach, um, her doctoral dissertation had a major influence on the coaching profession at large. And she says that coaching came into existence to fill an unmet need, which coincided with the shift away from a model of psychological illness and towards the humanistic ideal of wellness and growth. Okay? Wellness and growth. Those two cannot be had if we continually default to venting, as I have chosen to define it. There's no wellness in repeating a toxic story over and over again. Like, how does that produce wellness? The repetition or complaining or seeking validation for why you've been wronged or why the, you know, how the world is against you, that just creates more of the same. More of the same doesn't create anything good, not like a magical shift to gratitude or happiness or peace. And it for sure doesn't jumpstart any growth. If anything, it gets us more deeply in bed with our brains, right? Your brain's like, yep. World sucks. Told you so. (laughs) And it's just the literal definition of emotional childhood. Okay. Believing that everything else or everyone else is responsible for how we feel and there's no power there. Okay. There's like, there's no way to grow out of that childhood when we continue to buffer against our emotions by seeking the false pleasure of negativity camaraderie. I'm calling it negativity camaraderie because that's where people like people will argue with me about the positive attributes of venting. People are like, but it helps me to feel better to like get it out. Right. And I'm going to just offer that if we really look at whether the act of venting is helping us to feel better, the answer is always no, because it gives us a release and that feels good in the moment or may feel good in the moment, but it doesn't actually help us to feel better in the long term right? That like 
negativity camaraderie where people are like, yeah, you're right. This sucks. That is that like false pleasure and that feeling of, oh, I feel better. But it's really just getting somebody else to agree with your thoughts. Okay. It's like, it's like creating an addiction, right? I do this because it gives me relief in the moment. But now I need to do it more to create the same feeling. And now I have to do it always. And now I'm stuck in this loop, right? I want to talk, talk about the stuckness that happens with venting. Stuckness. You guys come to me and you're like, I want coaching because I feel stuck. It's like one of the top problems, the top reasons why people seek life coaching because they feel stuck whether it's in their relationships, in their careers, in just in general, like I have this feeling of stuckness, right? Stuckness happens with venting. Venting ultimately really displays one of the most fascinating examples of how our brains work with repetition. When we hear and repeat the same thing over and over again, and I'm talking about the same ideas applied to different circumstances, because that's what we do with venting, right? It's not always the same thing that we're upset about. But when we get in the habit and patterned behavior of venting, it sounds exactly the same each time. Like you could take away the facts completely, like whatever you're venting about, like your job, your husband, your friend, the, I don't know, the chick at the grocery store or whatever that looked at you weird or whatever it is. Like take away the facts and the vent rant will sound more or less like the same old song and dance, right? Like your brain just goes to the same old thought patterns and words that come out of your mouth, that word vomit out of your mouth, right? That's how neural grooves work. Your brain believes and attaches to what it hears over and over again, and it keeps you stuck and perpetuates the cycle of venting. And the act of venting becomes familiarized in your mind and in your body. Your body too. What? Your body? Yes. I see it in your body. When you're venting, it's like this familiar tension and posturing and even down to the facial expressions and like muscular direction that it it may look uncomfortable or strained. Even though it looks that way, it has actually become a practiced ritual that your body just drops into. Like think about this next time you're listening to somebody vent or you yourself are venting. Like try to notice body postures and facial expressions. Like what postures are ingrained? Because remember, the brain does not like to change. We know this. The primal brain prefers it if you would just keep on doing what you're doing, even if it kind of feels like uncomfortable. At least it's familiar uncomfortability. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Like even if you're like, oh my God, like it doesn't feel good to do this. If you've done it on repeat, your brain's like, that's safe. I know what that looks like. I'm going to do that again. So this idea that venting actually paralyzes our growth efforts really struck me when I was beginning to do this work, this thought work, this life coaching work, and I still think a lot about it. Like, what am I consciously trying to stifle when I see myself start to choose into venting? 
And something that maybe will help you, I, I always try and think like, how can I choose to share my struggles with a coach or with a friend or with my sister or with Michael, with whoever, without defaulting to a state of just perpetuating my bad feelings and unsolved issues, okay? So do you really need to vent? Why do you think you need to do that? And how will you find the line for you between harmful venting and sharing your struggles with a trusted person in a beneficial way? I would love to know your thoughts on venting. And if you'd like to try something new and break your venting cycle and get out of stuckness, come to coaching. We will have honest conversations about your struggles. We won't commiserate about them. And we will create new thought patterns to foster wellness and growth. All right. I will see you next time. Thanks for making some magic with me today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at Hannah Kokovai so more women can begin conjuring the magic they want to. If you want to dive deeper into this work and collab with a certified mind magician, I work with women privately in my one-to-one coaching program that you can apply for right now at my website, hannahkokovai.com. I'm so honored to have been part of your day today, and I'll see you next time.